1: Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Brian LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that Kanehurst and the Mercy for the Pure have been destroyed. Eli confessed his addiction and has taken steps to battle it. Morgan and Valentine flagellated themselves clear of impurity and Atticus led a demolition team to destroy Kanehurst's heresy. Where will the group head next and what will Kotov discover from the evidence? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy.
2: From the Seized Personnel Files of Inquisitor Kanehurst. Interview, Devram Narl.
3: Uh,
2: my general attitude, look, this universe is just full of bullshit. Like, there is just bullshit from the top to the bottom. And honestly, when you've seen the things I have, when you uh, play with the warp, uh, as we psychers do... You got to figure out a way through it. And honestly, the best one I found so far is you just got to laugh. Because if you can't find this bullshit funny, you're not going to survive out here. Having finally disposed of Kanehurst's corpse in <laughs> spectacular, explody fashion, having picked up two demolition experts along the way, um, <laughs> you find yourselves uh, on a, a rather uh, dour day for, for the Marnie song. Uh, well, the promise of, uh, of secrets and information from the, the many files of Devram Gnarl um, is, is still sort of being processed and worked through. I believe, uh, Ryan, you'd had Valentine put um, a Gideon on, I think, sorting through documents. Yep. So he's still getting that together. Um, he also has Gnarl's head. Yes. It in a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. as you do. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just toss it in with the rest. Um, So, you've got that coming, but he's he's still getting all that together. In the meantime, um, you you have a a, a rare kind of moment of downtime. I'll probably say this is the next day after obliterating Kanehurst. Everyone is again running on very, very sleepy, injured uh, bodies right now. Um, It it has come time to uh, bid farewell to interrogator Cora, um, who... Presumably was obliterated in the giant explosion uh, that just occurred, but whose body you weren't able to recover.
4: Valentine would lead the funeral. It would take place in Father Marcellus's because we got the two holds and it would be really weird to do it in the all Adeptus Mechanicus heretic zone. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have enough to be able to put together a coffin uh, and it would be a needless waste. So he wouldn't do it, but he would take Cora's footlocker. Mm hmm. And just kind of drape an aqua over it and put it on the center of a table in the middle of the space and just kind of invite everybody and in. Father Marcellus to do an opening prayer. I'm not going to force that one on you, Tom, but I was tempted. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking do it, man. I'll do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be nice for once. Uh, and then uh, Valentine would step forwards and just say, Interrogator Cora was a hero who sacrificed herself on a mission for the emperor, for this team. Her exploits will be celebrated and... Her tragic loss has already been sent by message to eventually reach Inquisitor Verklo to know that she has been lost in action. Now is the time for each of us to share a memory, a final statement, to share what we want to share about our time with Interrogator Cora. I understand you may not have known Interrogator Cora long, but at the same time, it is so rare for anyone to survive the loss of an inquisitorial agent, for anyone to remember them. And our chance to create any kind of ceremony is the least we can do To honor a hero of the Imperium. Speak as you will. Atticus will step forward, approaching the uh, the footlocker. He'll put his flesh hand on it and say, uh, I need to specify. Yeah. (laughs) uh, 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 And say, um. Interrogator, Cora was a capable soldier. She and I fought side by side to hold back the Tyranid horde. Aboard Canehurst's ship, thanks to her efforts and the efforts of the rest of the Inquisition, we were able to escape. She died a soldier's death, and now she is forever in the Emperor's light. And I'll just nod satisfied with his own words and uh, recede back into the line.
3: A uh, sweating, shaking Eli is like standing beside Atticus because he definitely requested that Atticus like retrieve him mm-hmm. from his quarters and like take it. I was, like we'll take him back afterwards. Um, uh interrogator Cora and I—we got off on the wrong foot. I didn't much like her personally, <laughs> but she was capable, and I do believe that, given her actions, aboard the Mercy for the pure. In time, I would have come to respect her deeply, and that's about the highest praise I can give to a another inquisitorial agent, so, and just nods and steps back.
5: Morgan's going to walk up. She's going to pull out of her pocket something, something that she found in Cora's room.
4: <laughs> what did you find?
5: Maybe some, uh, like, jewelry or a necklace, some kind of charm, something like that. Not the only thing she I mean, found in Cora's room.
2: <laughs> Look, I don't want to twist the knife too much here, but I'm going to twist the knife. It's a, um, we can say it's like a crudely, uh, it's like three charms on a, like a bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like very crudely made and clearly like handmade. Uh, but I think what we can know that obviously Morgan Wooden is like Lyric Alto and Cora man, each made fuck one you, of these. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and fuck it's, And it's clear it's something she's kind of like carried with her since childhood and i think you would recognize the fact that it's like lovingly handcrafted as enough value to be like this this means more than mu- some of the other things that would have been in in the quarters.
5: Yeah, i think Morgan looked through that stuff and probably realizes this has less value to her. She if there was a journal, if there was anything else, photos, she would have kept all that stuff. But this, eh, this can stay with with her stuff and she'll plonk that on there and <sighs> Interrogator Cora did a good job on the field. It seemed that she was troubled and that was getting in the way of doing more work, but at least now she will be no longer troubled at the Emperor's side. And then she'll step back.
4: And Valentine will step forwards and just say, Interrogator Cora is a lesson to all of us. An aspiration to die heroically achieving the emperor's will. She is of a rank that some aspire towards. And he looks at Atticus. An example of what they could become. She fought her own demons, he says, and looks to Eli. Of addiction, of substances, of pain from the past. And she had lost everything, he says, and looks to Morgan and still rose in the Emperor's sight and in his service. In many ways, she was the best of us, because she is the first of us to be martyred towards the Emperor's dream. And in some ways, she's the worst of us, because she died in his service, instead of carrying on to achieve our ultimate goal. We will mourn her loss, she will be missed, and we will carry on her work. And then he picks up, the locker and he goes over to the airlock uh, and he takes the bracelet off the top of it and slips it on because to him it is significant of all three of these people in this family who has sacrificed literally everything (laughs) for his mission as a reminder of these things moving forwards because though he does not have a strong emotional attachment to them there is a symbolic resonance there and he's much more interested in symbols and just reminding the cost as a functional sociopath with rules he still knows that he needs to care. Like he should care about these things according mm. to the rules and structures his life around that. Uh, and then he opens up the airlock, puts the box in uh, and sends it out. And as it goes, he sings a hymn to the emperor. Ave <laughs> <Of the> Imperator, <laughs> dear, Piuset rex, duc populum tuum pertene bras et destruo, demonia et sinos, pastori filios tuos in lumine tuo and she floats away <laughs> okay i did just for anybody who wants the translation because i I, yeah. did, I did google translate a this bit yeah.
0: yes, yes
3: please
4: hail emperor god and king Lead your people through the darkness and destroy demons and Xenos.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs>
4: Protect your children with your light and kill all sinners with righteous hate. Hail, Emperor.
0: Yay. I
3: like Yay. it, yeah. Love it.
4: Mike safe claps. Mike safe yeah. claps. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm going to take a pause to go play Hitman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. So, um course, Foot Locker uh, just kind of like drifts off into space and um, with your, your words kind of ringing throughout, uh, throughout the... Chamber. Everyone kind of is is able to uh, to return return to their quarters and and kind of reflect on things or you know deal with um, the physical ailments that they're dealing with, as is the case with Eli, or resting up a little bit like Atticus. The following day, uh, Valentine, you get a ping from um, uh, Kotov. Um, i guess actually you know what uh i think Terseus would actually probably bring in this information i don't think kotov has a direct line to you <laughs> um mm-hmm. so uh tersias uh, arrives at uh, at your door and, and kind of like knocks on it um and says uh pardon me inquisitor we have uh news from uh the heretic space doctor uh he is a uh, Put together a, uh, a bit of a collage of sorts for you to look at. Uh, he, is, he is convinced he is starting to find this, the uh, threads between what the, uh, the cycle you
4: were looking for was, was up to. Excellent. I'll collect Morgan, we'll take a preliminary glance, and then if it is cleared for security, we'll show the rest of the team. And he just kind of nods and uh, leaves you to it. Morgan, <laughs> just your door opens. <laughs> he just he just appears. There's no knocking with Valentine. There's work to be done. Well, here's the
2: question, Morgan: Are you in your in your quarters? It,
5: it, I think if it's the, if it's the next morning after that night, I think Morgan probably hung out in Eli's room and is in like
3: snuck over to his room for the night.
2: <laughs> Eli, would you? Well, wait, Eli, would you have let her in, or did you
4: spend it in a vent?
3: I I would have let her in. Just don't touch me, <laughs> Morgan. <laughs>
4: opens the door to an empty room hmm I'll have to have a talk with her (laughs) what an opportunity for education and then he's gonna go on his own he's not gonna (laughs) fucking walk around opening doors
2: (laughs) yep sounds about right
0: (laughs) hell yeah wow (laughs) Hello and well met. This is Sister Olianmina. I am recording this communique to humbly ask for your assistance. You need only to go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. For monthly tithes of merely $5, which I am told is an old Terran currency, you'll receive, besides of course, the blessings of the Emperor, which are priceless you can also get exclusive weekly video communications, keeping you up to date on the inner workings of those behind-the-scenes who help keep the Inquisition's engines running, so to speak. Join us now at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That is spelled D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and may you always walk in the light of the Emperor.
2: So you arrive in the uh, the sort of like lab um, space and Kotov has gone full Charlie Day on the walls. He's got um, he's got all the – it really is like a, a forensic recreation situation where he's trying to like group similar um, images or words or anything else. So it's not that he's got like a bunch of mind maps and he's sitting there like tearing out his hair. He just has kind of grouped things as best he can. Um, and the head is sitting in a jar um, full of, of, of fluid and it's kind of drifting. I feel like normally in movies when we see this, the head is like the right way up so the actor can be under the table. But we're in the theater of the imagination, baby. So it's like just floating at a weird side angle. <laughs> um, uh, it's kind of pitted eyes just staring out at you. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got it all set up. Uh, and as you you come in... Um, he, uh, he turns and he clearly hasn't slept. Like he's clearly been at this. Good. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, in, 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 uh, good Inquisitor, you're here.
4: Um, we've got some, some results for you on, uh. Excellent. A quick question before we begin. Will any of this information either corrupt the minds of those that hear it or lead any member of my team to want to kill you? Well, uh, pretty sure the Colonel wants to kill me regardless.
2: So there's that, but no, this is, uh. I mean, yeah, there's there's a bit of a risk, I guess, because he 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 was talking about some weird psych shit, but I don't think any of this
4: is directly corruption-y. It wasn't like that thing you found on the wall. Excellent. Just a moment. Uh, and he's just going to open all channels to the ship and basically be like, could the Inquisitorial Band please report to Gideon Kotov's holding space? Now, you have five minutes. Eh, revise that. You have two minutes. Uh, and he'll just hang up. Um,
2: You... <laughs> <laughs> There's like a double click and you hear Ked be like, uh is um No,
4: never mind. Um, <laughs> 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 um I think I think we'll say at, at that point he will mentally note later in the day to like send out a message that like separates whose ship's crew and whose inquisitorial <laughs> yeah. band. So people know these meeting requirements a little more yeah. clearly. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Um he'll also make a note for like the band who aren't let's just say played by humans that means, like, <laughs> invitations to them are optional. They can come if they want or not, but this is the core group that's yep. got to show the fuck. Fair up. enough.
2: All right. Um, how did, uh, Atticus, did you do anything last night or was it just like you're injured and it was a bad day? So you slept?
4: Yeah. 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 Just a very, very basic kind of living situation for him. Uh, so yeah, he's up at a specific time to take care of duties and chores. Um, Somewhere in the ship, you hear, you know, inquisitorial band assemble in five minutes and you hear, like, some sort of, like, brisk stomping. Uh Scratch that two minutes and the stomping grows <laughs> faster. And Atticus is there. Great. Yeah. Tom, a random question. A night of full rest heals one I was moon. about to Should speak you? to this. Okay, so, I'll let you do that. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it up, though, as, as you know,
2: it, it makes sense. I know you're, you're concerned about it. Uh, I was going to say, like, so far you've recovered three but um we will also be uh taking like a proper recovery Mm. spell soon so i'm not so worried about tracking it uh you know unless
4: unless you guys do (laughs) pull guns on each other at some point Uh, yeah
2: if we get like a like a bestial failure from blood and syrup situation (laughs) going on then like then we can talk but i think unless that game crashes into this game somehow we should be fine he said optimistically um brace um all right so you um you have recovered some hp but again don't it's okay worry. we're not worried about that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I just wanted to check yeah No. if if this was like everything you've encountered in the last little while that would be worth tracking because it's like and then an asteroid arrives and abaddon's on it like mm-hmm. yeah. oh, uh wow. but we're not that's that's how
3: <laughs> abaddon yeah, he's
2: here yeah. yeah he's like how do you pronounce my name and then you fight him um <laughs> So, uh, yeah. the
5: Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> of 40k. Yeah,
2: turns out it's a real easy fix. Uh, you say it three times, he just stomps and the eye of terror closes. Um, so you, uh, all right, so Atticus, you arrive very briskly. Um, Eli and uh, Morgan, Eli, I think we're gonna need to roll a check for you on this just to see how fast you can get dressed. Because if you're going through like detox, uh, and suddenly it's like, be down here in two minutes. I don't think you're, uh, I, I'm curious to see if you can get, I mean, I know you're good at breach actions and shit. I don't know if you can get dressed that
3: fast. Uh, <laughs> the I the think spirit
4: that, is willing, but can the body?
2: <laughs> I
3: think that Eli is dressed all the time.
4: Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) So you're
2: you're just going like full kernel tie in terms of like when you're dealing with like detox, just the the
0: buttons are undone. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the undershirt (laughs) is soaked through. But
4: like, okay, fair enough. Eli the never nude, ready for (laughs) detox. There are
2: dozens of him. Dozens.
4: Uh, Okay, well, we we
2: can skip the role then. If you're just like constantly in in your your uniform, but slightly disheveled, I'm into that. So that is more of just a button in your shirt as you walk. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Um, Morgan, would you try and go back past your quarters first or do you go straight to?
5: I I don't think she needs anything from her quarters if it's just uh, assemble. Yep, fair (laughs) enough. So yeah, cool. (laughs) Straight. straight (laughs) All right.
2: So uh, Valentine, everyone shows up more or less within two minutes. uh, Right. And uh, yeah, so you all see the uh, again, the the groupings of, of images and text As I mentioned back on uh, the other ship, when you were distracted with other things, it's just like reams and reams of handwritten text over like book pages, and other things have been ripped out. You know, long scrolls that have been like written. People used to do this back in olden times, like save on um, mail costs. But like they would write several letters, like one just vertically, one horizontally, one diagonally, trying to get as much text in as possible. And it's that Mm -hmm. kind of shit. Like he's written and rewritten and rewritten over top of his own text Mm -hmm. and whatever was was originally written there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's sort of set up as, as best, uh, he can arrange it and, uh, you, you arrive. All right, Kato, take it away. <clears throat> yeah, all right. So, um, <laughs> it would seem that, uh, Mr. Gnarl uh, here, uh, was, uh, well, a, a psyker, uh, as, as, as you know, as, as you've indicated, but, um you can see a, a distinct shift in uh, how, how his, uh, his brain was working. Now, I'm not too familiar with the psycher stuff myself. <laughs> That's one of the areas I don't uh, dip my toe in uh, too much. But as I understand it, uh, there's an acceptable threshold of, of Psyker, uh, and then there's like an unacceptable threshold of psycher. And it would seem that he was always kind of on the edge. Um, but, and then he starts pointing to some of the documents. He's like, as you can see, his reports, Stop kind of making sense around here. And he starts uh, speaking about a lot of things that uh, well, you, uh, Inquisitor, uh, were, were speaking to. Uh visions of uh of uh, the the emperor's death. Um and he like immediately looks to Thaddeus Thunderhorn and is like, sorry, <laughs> doc. Uh and um uh specific uh, folks. Um one of them I think is uh, well, it's it's this this gentleman's uh ship. And sure enough, there's like a weird like sketch of Billingberg that has it, yeah. and it's like it's not an exact it's like a almost like a bad police sketch
3: hmm. where
2: it's just like a if you were seeing it in like with your vision blurring in and out like the best you could manage but given how ostentatious he was it's like a pretty clear um a pretty clear image um and uh he says uh from uh, from what have been able to ascertain from some of his uh ramblings uh it seems that because he uh was already familiar with uh, the, the way the brain works with with his psycho abilities. He was able to to poke at some of these visions a bit, which is how we get, uh, you know, this picture of of, uh, of the the dead inquisitor, um, and we've got we've got some some others, and like um, he's got like a label from um, a bottle of. Uh, Vicodin, um tacked up there, and it's like, from what I can tell, he didn't necessarily understand everything he was seeing, but he was trying to capture what he was seeing. So he's got this label here because he knew it was important, but he didn't necessarily understand that it was related to uh, the 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 man you killed. Um, so he seems to be getting some, uh, some sense of it, um, <laughs> some, uh, influences, uh, some understanding, but, um, he was also missing a, a, a lot of it. And as you can see, it was, uh, doing a number on his, his brain because it seems he was trying to access these things actively. So unlike, uh, you, uh, and uh, he wasn't just seeing it and then writing it down. He was actively knocking on the door. Um, now, uh, where things get interesting though is this, and he points to, um, a uh, a picture of, um, that's very clearly a, a sketch of, um, like a, an Eldari armor, like an, an, like an Eldari in armor, um, helmet off under one arm, um, and, um, holding up a, what looks almost like a, a very fine, um, champagne flute. And this one, unlike the, the kind of rough sketch of, of, uh, of Billingberg, he's like very detailed, like he spent a lot of time on this, um, and, uh, Kotov says, uh, so it would seem that, um, this, uh, Eldar, um, fella, uh, was something he could see very, very clearly. And he just like proceeds to like basically flip through it. And there's just like version after version after version of, of this Eldar figure in various, um, uh, you know, various poses, almost like you're doing a character study, um, in terms of drawing where it's just like from different angles and other things. Um, and Kotov says, uh, what's, different about uh this Eldar um uh, Trenrakai, I believe is the name you would given me in yes, yes, that is the name. Yeah. Uh so what's interesting about him rather than some of these other images is uh it would seem that uh Mr. Uh, Narl uh, was able to uh, ascertain where uh this Eldar
4: is uh from the the images he was seeing. Excellent. Valentine just, like, perks the fuck up. He's not <laughs> interrupting the talk. He's just like, yep. ooh, good news. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, Kotov quickly kind of, like, points out a, a variety of
2: different kind of, like, basically the scenes behind the Eldar and then also some distinctive things, including the champagne flute itself. Um, and he says, uh, so, uh, according to uh, Mr. Gnarl, uh, this Eldar seems to be on a uh, a, a, a a planet uh, known as... Uh, as uh, 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 Greybridge, um, which uh, I have checked the ship's logs about. Um, there isn't a ton of information here, uh, largely because it is a, uh, well, uh, it seems to have a somewhat checkered history with the uh, the Inquisition. Uh, that said, given that Billingberg seemed to be involved with uh, well, the, the Eldar, you might be able to find something in his files that you still haven't given me access to, but uh, if you
4: were to give me access, and he kind of like looks at you. This is Gotov? Yeah. Oh, no <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can you can interlink with tose Sivannikoff who will be looking into Billingberg's files on my behalf um and like one of
2: his goggles pops out almost in response and he just slowly clicks it back in um and says, <laughs> yeah, I mean Valentine's immune to starch glares <laughs> so. uh, Well I mean do you want to roll? Um, and he says uh, yeah, that's uh that's kind of what I expected you to say um. In any case, uh it would seem that Greybridge is where this uh, this Eldar is uh, hiding. Otherwise, uh some confirmations of things you've seen. Um that said, uh Inquisitor, you'd mentioned that uh how much have you told him? Have you told him about like how the visions have
4: shifted or just that the visions exist? Um I mean, how I know the visions were happening, we'd seen the people that were in it. I haven't seen like how have they shifted? I from what I remember when it was- you
2: um the most recent one you had at the beginning of this season was like, what, we, what I think what you've been able to determine is like, every time you kill someone in the Confederacy, the vision shifts. So mm-hmm. it was like, when you killed um, uh, Glasgow Vicodin, he was no longer able to provide security. So suddenly it was going to be Bile, um, and, Bile, then, Bile got and then eliminating Bile meant that suddenly it was a much more violent, like the image you saw was like, the orcs had done a lot more work um but also like the basically the vision shifts slightly each time you change something um but often for the better like it's how you know the timeline has shifted is like suddenly by fucking these things up it's like the uh, predestined event is still predestined but it's being altered and shifted like terminator 2 rules you may
4: have moved it back a little bit it'll happen You're, in a different way same thing yeah, yeah, se- to occur. yeah essentially we like
2: it up it, yeah it's yeah terminator 2 rules mixed with like a hydra which is if you can get to the base of all the stumps and kill that, then you could actually stop Mm -hmm. the thing. But in the meantime, it's like, it adjusts each time something happens. So what's fucked about some of these these files and things is like you're also seeing the pre-first vision version of what could have happened here. So there's like some figures here that weren't in your vision. Um, He also obviously doesn't have like, there's no Korra in his vision. There's no like, so there's a bit of mm. weirdness there, but also there's just like
4: he was also going mad. So there's it's a lot of like hmm. nonsense. Yeah. Valentine would be pretty clear yeah. uh, with the threats that are presenting and the way that the vision has changed okay. because it shows that things are working. Like he, the moment he was promoted to full inquisitor, he didn't have to pretend to like, he didn't have to try to lead from the bottom. Like mm-hmm. he just got to, to drive the bus. And having visions is not unheard of, nor is yep. it considered like a sign of corruption. It's just like, oh, it's a sign of faith.
2: Okay. So then um, given mm. that Kotov would probably have that information, he'd say, uh, yeah, the, the interesting thing uh, in inquisitor is that um, uh, Mr. Narl's visions didn't seem to change at all. Uh, there are minor variations that he, he speaks of, but um, given that uh, he was not uh, actively doing anything with this information, it would seem that um, you know, uh, without interruption these things just continue on their on their way. Um and given that he was attached uh, to Kanehurst and in the void of space, uh, he wasn't taking any any actions. But he also seems more of a passant, passive participant. There doesn't seem to be as these visions appear to him, but he doesn't seem to be as um, uh, connected to them as as you are. Almost like he's pressing his face against glass, looking in rather than being inside the house. Whereas I think you are inside the house, uh, as it were.
4: Interesting. So Canehurst was doubly a heretic. He had evidence of this cabal and did not follow it. And at the same time, he corrupted himself with the Xenos. Yeah, I think he wall. locked this guy up as soon as he started to
2: to hear the things. Uh, there's one other thing, though, that is uh, that that is somewhat uh, concerning, but also tracks with what we saw on the ship. Um, and he starts to, like, point to all the instances of the smiley face. He's like, um, it would seem that uh, Mr. Gnarl uh, became very uh, concerned about uh, having a, a sunny outlook on, on his situation uh he uh says you know this, uh, this uh, there's there, there, there's text here he seemed to be playing with some some lines of verse um, about a little song he wrote that says uh, don't worry be happy and he just repeats it uh, a, a bunch so what you what we saw on that ship seems to have overtaken him at some point um but as you can see the visions seem, as as he dives deeper into the visions, he begins to speak more and more about happiness, and eventually just stops worrying about the visions and is just, well, uh,
4: happy. Interesting. So we have the location of the planet. We have access to Devrim Nal's files. There, is there anything that you've not presented that we must know about? Well, there's his head. Uh, and he like just, like, I'm not uh, really sure what <laughs> what you want me to do with uh, that. Neither am I. You're the heretic. What can you do with
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already have a pretty good helmet, so normally that's what I would recommend. Um, uh, you know, there's things that can be done uh, with with heads. I mean, uh, I've heard tell of the, the auto seance, but that's certainly beyond my uh, yes we don't well, have any psychos. Was... it may just be storing it for now uh, yeah well i was gonna say i mean we can always just keep it in the fridge there's no no harm in leftovers you know done and done let's keep it as evidence excellent uh all, all right well um to sum up i guess um the visions do seem to exist for folks other than you so yay or possibly boo um Mr. Gnarl discovered the location of the Eldar, so um, I guess Havana Koth will do his thing on that, uh, since I am not to be trusted, fine. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it would seem that whatever door he opened um, led him to happiness, and I guess that's a bad thing. For
4: the weak, yes. That's why we must gird our souls with hatred. Righteous hatred in the name of the Emperor. The very best hatred. Yeah,
2: listen, uh... When we, uh, get that, um... Well, the, uh, the, the Eldar, uh, Funko, You know, the, the Xenos guy. Um, the thing you wanted me to do with my tech, anything you can take from him will really help the cause
4: here. Excellent. It seems all signs are pointing us towards Trin-Rakai, an Eldar that we must, uh... Brutally murder, realistically. After we interrogate and achieve as much information as possible, I will get to say as to find us this planet of Graybridge. We'll be heading there immediately. Does anyone have anything they think worth adding at this point, or anything they've observed that I may have missed?
5: I hope just, I, it's like a shot in the dark. But would uh, Morgan ever have heard of or know about Graybridge planet, especially if the Inquisition has been around it? Um,
2: you can roll me a check. All right, roll Let's a check.
5: See. Let's see.
2: Uh, so, Del, I think we will take probably history, do we have history or we don't have history? There's
5: knowledge skills.
2: Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Um, this might be forbidden lore. Yeah, I would take, um. Unless
5: it's a streetwise, just from having been in business. That's kind of what I was, business. It's kind of what
2: I was leaning <laughs> it's word on the
4: street. Yes. About Grey Bridge
2: yeah I'll take I would take I'll take a streetwise because I think the, the only reason seat. you would have this information is that you picked it up when you probably shouldn't have
5: yeah somewhere yeah. from yeah, okay yeah um all right. and difficulty
2: uh, I'm gonna say four because this place isn't of tremendous interest,
5: totally. I yeah. don't think I'm just gonna do it straight. It's just more of a like yeah, ground yeah. floor cold check uh,
2: or the other option, Dell is you could spend a story point to have heard of it. Because it occurs to me that's also a use that story points can have. I'll
5: just see. I think yep. it's more, it wouldn't have been, a, it's just an overheard thing, like yep. in passing. Dig it. I got two successes, one threat. Ooh. Okay. I heard about this place.
2: <laughs> you did. Um, so I think uh, Greybridge would have struck you as, as an, odd, um, an odd place, which is probably why it's stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is an incredibly, incredibly well-off um, aristocratic planet which I think probably stuck in your head because it is so fucking far off of what you could even conceive of a planet to be. Oh, yeah. In terms of like, it's essentially like high society. Um, because you have the threat, I'm going to say you actually don't know the details too much. But like, um, it's like almost the equivalent of like a walled city in mm-hmm. terms of um, it is like where where the, the rich play, and no one else goes, like, there's no, it's not a lot of travel. They are fairly removed from, from warfare. Unlike a lot of the Imperium, um, they are, uh, essentially exempt from a lot of the sort of military service requirements, that sort of thing. Um, and again, like, I think maybe the only other bit you would have is that even if you were interested to read more, you literally couldn't because, uh, the, it's not like a redacted file in the mm-hmm. Inquisition. It is just like a, uh, almost a like just a gap yeah. Mm-hmm. where the file is actively like aligned about like, it's this planet. We do not have contact with this planet.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Then she just, Inquisitor, I have heard of this Grey Bridge. It is rather a secretive place, people who have money and standing. So I could understand how a Xeno scum could hide out there if they had enough connections and money. But it is a place that perhaps a heavy hand would not be the right choice to approach.
4: Atticus shifts his weight in his boots. <laughs> Interesting. If you three, Eli, Morgan, Atticus, could join me in my office. Cut to his office. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. On the walk here, I've come up with a plan that I believe could allow us to make a more easy entrance than if we had entered as ourselves. Morgan, what is the name of the rogue trader that you had served under?
5: You mean Captain Rolls Varn? More of a smuggler and not quite as upstanding, I guess you could say.
4: Did they have a rogue trader's charter or no? There's a technical question? I don't know. I, th- I think, yeah, probably. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. And we are confirmed that they are dead, correct?
5: Yes, and uh, the corpses of her and all of the crew just went up in a giant explosion in space.
4: This is something we are going to be taking advantage of. Obviously, we cannot approach as the Inquisition. However, a person who could approach that planet of means would be a rogue trader. Specifically, Captain Rawls Vaughn. Morgan, you have the most experience of impersonating a rogue trader. You will be leading our party. Atticus, I, and Eli... Eli will be your pilot, Atticus and I will be serving as your security detail. This will allow us to move forward, we can fictionalize the Marnie song's identity, and we can use the rogue traitor charter of the real Captain Van because no one else owns it yet.
5: Yes, honestly, it should be in Kanehurst's files. I tried a long time to find out what happened to Sam after we parted ways, but it's probably in his files.
4: Then we'll insert ourselves into the society as a rogue trader's party, with Morgan taking lead. And should something go wrong, then we break out the rosette and the guns.
5: Makes sense, Inquisitor.
4: Excellent. If anyone else discovers a better plan, we'll move forward with that. Eli, do you have any objections? Atticus, any thoughts?
3: Absolutely no objections, sir. And I should be in good shape by the time we're there.
4: Excellent. Atticus? I would like to, uh... Familiarise myself with uh, this planet, Greybridge. Sir, I'm used to uh, war on a battlefield. I'm not used to uh, the sort of, I don't know, etiquette required for these kinds of engagements, sir. I want to familiarise myself and sharpen my mind. Excellent. I will send inquisitorial files on high-end culture and how we should behave. Morgan, if you could also select any stories of fiction uh, that we could have our ourselves read to better understand how to behave as a swashbuckling rogue trader's band. In addition, Morgan, if you could, and he looks around the room at the incredibly military navy-dressed person, (laughs) the Imperial Guard slob, and himself, the weird commissar inquisitor, he goes, if you could also help us with some stylistic choices that might help us blend more in as a rogue trader's band, that would be excellent.
5: Yes, I can, I'm sure I can make some accommodations for you all.
4: Well, it's time for us to choose some new identities and move forwards. We'll do this for the Emperor. And in his name, we all become rogue trading scum.
1: This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E. L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp. Borvik at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rolls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresies artwork was created by Delborovic at Delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to dumdums and dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at Dum and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Are they imperator and death to all the heretics?
4: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet Christopher Little Sue One George Dolby Richard Cranium Gavin and Abby McDonald Logan Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D Alan Stabby Stranger Glitch Trick Flynn1138 Alorain Okapi OMG It's Big Nick D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape. Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumb dice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
4: When Kilner accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trap across the galaxy, she expected the job to be over and done with quickly, but now they're stuck with each other and they have a
0: job to do. Think of Automnacon as a sort of student loan company you take a loan from them and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest
1: so all i have to do is pay off my debt fine i can do that how much do i owe
2: nine hundred thousand and twenty seven
4: credits and counting
0: you're stuck here with me to work it off
4: we fix space junk is a sci-fi sitcom from battlebird productions featuring traveling by cryo
0: don't worry if you feel like you're drowning that's perfectly normal Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Is that, popcorn? Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And,
4: of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space.
0: Hello, valued employees. Here are the
4: details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted
3: in or at the
4: location redacted we Fix space junk is available on apple podcasts google play spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts subscribe consume and integrate indoctrinate assimilate degenerate Watch your body decay into a faceless husk, as your mind floats aimlessly in space. Register your interest with Automicon. now!